Hi, y'all. Today we are joined by my friend Nate Spangle. Um, I actually met Nate at Purdue when you came and spoke in my entrepreneurship capstone, which is pretty cool. It's nice to see you. Nice to talk to you again. But you've been doing various things in the entrepreneurial space and from things such as Bad Hats and Heartwood, you're just a great leader in the entrepreneurial space right now. And you're doing so much. Um, and you're also the head of community at Powder Keg right now. So um, you're just doing everything and would love to get into your story today. And I know that this conversation is going to just have massive impact on people's lives, hopefully. And um, everybody today, we've got a very special guest, Nate Spangle. How are you doing today? Dude, I am living the dream. I'm pumped to uh, to be chit-chatting. Yeah, man. Well, how have you been since... I haven't seen you since Purdue, so oh, what, what is new? What is new? What a good question. <laughs> uh, busy, 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 busy. So we are gearing up uh, for Rally, which I don't know if you've heard about this, but what it's is, what the is largest cross-sector global innovation conference, and it's being hosted here in Indianapolis. Wow. Over 3,000 attendees, pitch companies coming from all across the world. Elevate Ventures is really like putting it together and they're a close partner of ours. So we've been helping them a lot with it and it is going to be a good time. But in the short term, it has been just busy, busy, busy around here, around all things powder keg, all things just startup ecosystem here in Indy. Um, I've just been just been grinding, which I feel like is good. Like I'm, I'm 26, like 20, your twenties are for grinding. Yeah, you know? man. We're just out here just working on ideas. I know you're talking about like entrepreneurship and it's like, I have started a lot of things. I'm really looking for the, some like up into the right success, right? Yeah. So that's what we're looking for, but it's been a fun journey thus far. Yeah. Well, you've been putting a bunch of work into your craft and I mean, tell me a little bit about how you kind of got started in it entrepreneurship and what kind of sparked your interest there? That's a great question, man. Um, I was one of the kids that like always, like I, I like was the stereotypical kid. Like I was like always stereotypical entrepreneurship kid. Like one Black Friday, my best friend and I, we went and this was back when like Black Friday started at a specific time. So we sold, we sold hot chocolate and like, hot chocolate and candy to like people standing in line, like waiting to get into stores when it was uh -huh. freezing cold. Like that was one of our first, I had like 10 lawns that I mowed when I, I grew up in rural Northern Indiana. And I just like, I don't know, I didn't call them like businesses or anything like that. I was just like, I need to make money. Like mm -hmm. I was just like hustling. Um, I think other, I mean, one of my favorite kind of like, I just had a conversation with, uh, with an entrepreneur and he was talking about high school hustles. And I was like, I, I love the term <laughs> high school hustle. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I obviously I worked a, I worked a job, like a part-time job or whatever in high school at McDonald's, which was brutal. And it was <laughs> so start somewhere, two man. years, dude, two years I did that. But on the side, I would just like always think of little ways to make like, you know, five, 10, whatever money here. And my senior year, some guys a couple years older than me had thrown what they called barn prom at, uh, they threw that at their, like for their high school in the, their area. And I was an attendee okay. and it was like basically any, it wasn't like a high school prom. It was like literally in a barn and you paid $5 or whatever and you could show up. And I was like, it was like several hundred kids at their party yeah. at their like 
dance thing. And I was like, how hard could this be? You know, like, so I, I, when I became a senior two years later, there was still a barn prime around. Like obviously those guys had graduated and they're now actually two of my, two of my really good friends, Andrew and Joey, like put it on two years before me. <laughs> so I was like, I could do this. And I started yeah. a competitor. It was called senior slam. And I literally brought together like 450 kids from Northern Indiana to one place, like my open house turned into a party venue. And we like, I charged five oh bucks, a, five bucks a head, had a DJ, black lights, all this crazy stuff. I made That's like, super cool. I, top line was like 2000 bucks in revenue, uh, paid time, labor and donated the rest. Time and labor was key, right? I had yeah. a lot of, I had a lot of sweat <laughs> equity in that. And I just remember like, holy, like, I think I probably gave myself 500 bucks, like 500 bucks for like putting this all, yeah. this whole thing on. We donated a, a bunch of it too, paid for all the stuff. Good. And I was just like, this was sick. And that was like my first like, like micro success, I uh -huh. would say in entrepreneurship, because like we grew a Twitter account to like a thousand people in like a, like two months. I joined the, the track team because I would get free transportation to every school in the conference to market my dance. Wow. So I'd be like, hey, come to Senior Slam. And I'd be handing out flyers like between activities you were the and man. track meets. You were the man. Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> and, and it was after that that I like was so hooked on entrepreneurship and everything. And I ended up working with my buddy, Andrew, who did Barn Prime a couple years before. Mm -hmm. He had a startup. It was a longboard company. I spent a summer like being his intern. It was so fun. That's cool. Um, and I just have, I have literally been hooked ever since then. Awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. I, for me, honestly, I'm obviously still pretty young and getting into this space. And for me, it all kind of started um, two years ago yes. during the summer. I was working for a startup called Simba and I was working with some of the co-founders. They were pretty much, it was pretty much a startup that had about like 10 people working for them. And it was pretty small and I'm still like keeping in touch with them to this day. And what do they do? So it's a prop tech startup company. So pretty much it's called Simba. It's an app that is used um, or real estate agents and investors can use it to kind of manage all of their um, expenses and finances and stuff nice. like that. So I was doing sales and marketing stuff for them and was getting a lot of like the startup experience and just like every day is different. You're working on something new every single day. And, um, <clears throat> that summer, they pretty much was like, if you want to go into sales or entrepreneurship or any of this stuff, you need to start with a personal brand. And I thought about that and was like looking at like LinkedIn and all this stuff and people are just posting every single day. And I'm like, why can't I do that? And so they inspired me to start a website, start like this podcast that I'm doing, start LinkedIn and just like posting content, putting myself out there because the more you do that, the more opportunities come, the more connections you get and the more relationships you build. Amen, which is, dude. Which is like where I'm at right now, but I, I know I wanna go like that, that like point I realized that I know that I'm going to be an entrepreneur one day. I don't know what that's going to be yet, but I know for a fact that I'm going to do, be an Do you have some good, uh, some entrepreneurial ideas that you're working on or kicking around? So I do right now, just with what I have, I obviously want to build this brand that I'm creating right now. Um, like the Nico Lopresti brand. I don't know what that's going to look like in five to 10 years, but 
I obviously want to start like investing back into the brand, all the money that I'm making from whatever sales job that I have. I want to continuously reinvest and just try and grow that as much as possible. Like we were talking about earlier, how like I am just doing this on my computer. I don't really have any equipment, but in here it's like, it's amazing. And there's so much that I need to like invest in and start getting um, started with. But yeah, I definitely think that in the future, if I continue down like the sales um, industry that I've been trying to pursue for the past couple of years, I can see myself as being like a coach or a trainer, somewhat of like a consultant for just individuals, startups, or any company that needs help with uh, driving revenue, driving pipeline, or anything in the sales process. So that's definitely like a dream of mine in the future is to do something like that. But um, I guess that's like what I'm working yeah, for. And I will say like sales is probably the best skill you can learn because like everything is sales. Like you're yeah. raising, you're raising a round of funding for your tech startup. It's you're selling the company, right? You're trying to get someone to, someone to work for you. You're selling yourself and your vision. Like everything, everything is sales. Yeah, man. You gotta everyone, sell everyone, yourself. everyone says that, right? I mean, yeah. but I like, it's so true. Yeah. And I mean, that's just like my vision right now. And then obviously for me, I want to like, my goal is to build a community within the brand. And with that, I mean, having events going around the world, speaking, um, in like having some sort of mastermind to have like a group of people that we can all collaborate, connect with, and obviously help everyone out like with what you have to offer. So, um, that's like the goal, but I'm, I'm just at the, at the start. Dude, right now. I love it. It's Manifest a, it. You're talking about it. Yeah. You're going to make it happen. <laughs> I got to. Exactly. And it's like, dude, why not like have a big dream that kind of like the average minded person's like, Oh wow. Like, like my biggest thing. Oh, I was just thinking about this. So I just finished an Ironman back in April. Congrats. Yeah, it was, I mean, I finished it. I wasn't like trying to set a world record or anything, but it was like, I kind of thought about it and changing the mindset from like someone tells you something crazy, like someone tell this insane thing, like whatever it is, you know, like, Oh, and I, whether it's an Ironman or like growing a company or like having a publicly traded company, whatever. And thinking like, wow, like that's crazy. I can never do that. Like that's how some people think. And like other people that are like abundant, it's like, oh dude, if there's someone in the world that can do it, I can do it. I can figure that out. Mm -hmm. And I've just been like thinking about that recently where it's like, like, it, would it be hard to be like, obviously not like an NFL player. Like some things come down to like, I just, I'm five foot, you know, nothing. Like I was not born <laughs> to play in the NFL and I could really work hard and maybe be a kicker, you know, and like might not, but probably not. But like, if there's just something that people are doing, that's kind of crazy. I'm in on it. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, Iron Man companies, entrepreneurship, whatever it is. I'm like, Oh yes. I'm like gravitated towards like crazy people. Totally, man. And I, I can agree with you there because you're pushing yourself, you're putting yourself out of your comfort zone, man. And like, that's kind of what I did this summer, in Montana. Like I knew one person out there and I kind of was just like, let's go. Let's go Dude, do it and I love that. see what, see what happens. Cause and so many people are just a little bit like timid, mm -hmm. a little bit scared. Like, ah, it's out of my comfort zone. And it's like, I'm probably that way in a lot of things too. I try to like, 
I try to be very conscious. So some people say, protect your time, like say no to a lot of things. And I'm like, ah, F it. Yeah. I'll say yes. Like for the most part, like you ask me, like, like I think about, I go to a run club on Wednesday mornings and we start running at 5.30 in the morning. And at first I was like, that is crazy. And now I'm like, oh, 5.30, that's like, I get it. Yeah. I get to sleep in for 20 minutes. Like, let's go. <laughs> um, so it's just like things like that. Like uh, being very uh, open and also like I invite a ton of people to like go do like 5 a.m. Like we do on Thursdays, me and a group of guys get together at 5.30 also and like run around, like do like a workout at Butler's track. And it's like great. working out things are like the easiest to say yes to. Mm -hmm. Like all you gotta do is show up show up and like you can start to like build this community as well as like your fitness and just feel like there is something special about starting the day mm -hmm. before the sun's up like having your workout done as the sun's coming up and you're just like looking around like all you people are still in bed yeah all you guys are still you're sleeping. still sleeping <laughs> like oh i love it i get so energized by it I mean, I, right now, it's like I woke up at 530. I'm like a little, I, I could use another cup of coffee when I get done with this, but like I'm alive no, and yeah. I've accomplished a ton today. Yeah. And that's something that I've been trying to focus on lately is just my morning routine. Like I don't have this crazy morning routine that everyone tries to like push to you and like tell you that you need to do this, this, this to be successful. I do what's good for me. Like I like to get up and work out in the morning. It gets my blood pumping. It gets me energized. I like that working out, doing my Duolingo. I'm trying to learn Italian. So that's something, yes, something that. to keep my mind stimulated. Um, but just doing things in the morning, I, I always do workout, Duolingo, and then I like to network with five people. And that's like something. Network with five people. Okay. Explain what you mean by that. Like just text five people? Um, I go on LinkedIn and I search people that are doing things that I think are interesting and I just send them a nice little note and try to connect with them. That's powerful. That is, there you go. You do five a day. That's wild. It's crazy. That's so wild. It's, that's so good. Yeah. Like I remember when I was like just coming out of college, I like learned about like kind of gamifying that and like finding like lists of people I think that are doing cool things. Mm -hmm. Just like using searches and LinkedIn and whatever. And like, I would be like, I would do like 50 at a time. And then like, I'd get maxed out on LinkedIn and I'd be like, okay, cool. We'll go on and I'll try to get next week or whatever. Yeah. But like, and not just like spamming them with like stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. If this is, a, if this is a PG podcast, <laughs> no, but, it's okay. <laughs> uh, like not being like, I'd love to pick your brain. Like I did start with that and didn't, didn't make any progress. And then switching it to like, Hey, you're doing this really cool thing. Like I see you, you're posting about it or whatever you're doing. Like, that's really cool. I have no idea what I want to do with my life. I know that I want to be an entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. like, I know that I want to be an entrepreneur, but like how I'm going to get there <laughs> remains to be seen. Right. Like, yeah. We're still figuring that out. Uh, and at the time I would just like do that. And you're, you're our spot on. Like that is a great thing to be doing. Yeah. And I've also been trying to like get into the comment section as well, because just like, I'm also trying to build that brand. So just doing as much as I can on LinkedIn right now is definitely a big priority for me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's like, everyone has this like morning routine where it's like, I like literally just made a post about it not too long ago. Like I, I started trying to, I, like maybe a month or two ago, uh, I was like, you know, I'd wake up at like 6.30, whatever. And now I was like, okay, I need more time in the day. So I started mm -hmm. waking up at five. Like 4.59 is when my, I don't like round numbers on alarms. I don't know why. My <laughs> alarm goes off at 
And my first, the first class at my gym is at 5.40, so I had this extra time in there. So I put something on LinkedIn of like, hey, what do I do with this extra 20 minutes? And there are people with some serious morning routines. What was the craziest one? Um, or just strangest one that you strange, saw? Like there was some like Japanese breathing techniques, some like, like one that's like, they're all like good things. Like nothing was like, oh my gosh, you do that every morning? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, no. Ryan Brock, uh, who works at Demand Well, Demand Jump, Ryan Brock from Demand Jump said, I should start eating a frozen burrito every morning and then like adding on extra burritos until like to break the world record for most frozen burritos eaten in 20 <laughs> minutes. And I was like, that's why you're a writer, my friend. He's like the, the chief content officer or chief solutions officer like that. But he's like an incredible writer. And I'm like, you are just a goofball, but <laughs> it was great. Like it was like plyo, like mobility, stretching, gratitude, journaling, reading, Duolingo. Like there was a lot of things. And I'm like, dude, like there's, that, there's that much stuff that you could be doing. And I like, cause I was just like scrolling social media for it. And like, I've tried a few different ones. Like I tried journaling. Journaling is really hard, especially if you use like a blank piece of paper and you're just like, okay, right. Yeah. And I'm like, it's early and I'm kind of tired, but I'm trying to wake up. So I'm not tired. I tried it for a little bit and I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was not successful with it. Mm -hmm. I, I would just like write stuff down and obviously like I'd forget about it at the end of the day, man. And I wouldn't like I, look back on it or like, dude, and people say like, you're the most creative, like right when you wake up, which like I, I love posting right in the morning also cause the algorithm is really good. And I'm like yeah. usually in a good headspace, but it's like, I don't know. Like I, I think my journaling needs a little structure to it. So if anyone has some good journal structures, please I'm, let I'm, it. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. I'm all ears for that. Yeah. Well, I want to get into a little bit of your story with Bad Hats and Hartwood and all your different uh, startup ventures that yes. you, that you uh, yeah, dude. started, I, man. I'm absolutely happy to talk about it. So the first kind of startup idea or a company that we ever launched was called Hartwood Cases. Okay. And it was like our take on the like nylon laptop sleeve that's like super soft, like everyone has one for the most part. And we were like, that doesn't protect anything. Like you can't drop that and it'd be okay. You know, you can't travel. Like you could travel. People travel with it all the time, but it's like, what is it really protecting? It's like protecting from scratches, not from like whatever. So my buddy's an amazing woodworker. Like Andrew is a like top caliber woodworker and he had built his own laptop case, you know, like a little magnetic top. He pops it off, pop it on. Oh, and like, nice. It was great product. I was always like, dude, make me one. He's like, pay for it. I was like, okay, fine. And then boom, that was like, the idea was, was birth for Hartwood. Um, and you have to like learn the hard way. I feel like, especially e-commerce, like we bought a ton of cases and like, he would then like hand, like he would then like craft them into like what they were. So he, we would buy boxes. We would turn those in. He would turn those into cases. He, I was supposed to be like the website marketing sales guru yeah. and he was the product guru. I didn't know anything about anything. I thought you could just turn on Facebook ads and all of a sudden you'd start making money. It happens, but it's not cheap. Yeah. Um, so we got the product all developed, built a website on Shopify, like did this whole thing. And then I just started pounding the pavement of like, you need to buy this. You need to buy this. You need to buy this. And I told everyone and their mother, mm -hmm. you need to buy this. And I learned my first lesson of startups. You got to ask for, ask them what they think. Okay. Like don't like not everyone, even though the product is still great. 
I still think the product is great and could be a huge company and one day we'll bring it back. Absolutely. I mean, we got all those boxes that we need to sell. Yeah. Um, but early on in your journey, no one wants to be sold to and no one wants to be told why they like no one wants to it does this and this and this and this and and but wait there's more yeah, yeah. and it's like <laughs> no like we should have been asking the whole time like what do you want what would you like to see like what would make this and like doing that product feedback and development because even if even if they're like well i wish it did that you'd be ah oh, well it it does this, which is pretty close to like, Oh, I didn't even notice that. But when I'm telling them all the, I'm mean, being a feature pusher, it just did not go well. We probably sold seven. We had enough for, I think like four or 500, gotcha. maybe more. We sold seven. So what, what strategy to, did you use to, I guess, to stay away from that? Or what, like, what was your other strategy of, um, I guess, like reaching out to people and creating that trust? Yeah. For Heartwood, we literally just tried to do it with ads. Like we just ads. tried to do it on okay. like Facebook spend. Um, and be like, like try to like sell it, which is hard to do. Like you don't have very much time. And we didn't have like video ads. They were all just like, we just, we just weren't good at it. You know, like yeah. we were just like learning. So that was what the different approach that we took with Bat Hats. So when I launched that, I had listened to this podcast that talked about this Facebook growth strategy that was free. And you could use it to get like your first initial traction in any business almost any business, especially sports businesses. So instead of when we launched, when we launched Bat Hats, instead of telling anyone they ever needed to buy it, like, I don't know if I've had to hard sell like anyone. Um, I immediately though joined like 250 Facebook groups. I'm in North Texas softball moms. I'm in Southern California <laughs> travel league. I, my Facebook feed is literally, literally youth baseball and softball. I'm in every group. And I started like interacting, you know, and maybe like a three weeks or so later after I lose like the new member badge, I would post in the groups and I'd okay. say, Hey, I'm a recent college graduate. Uh, I played baseball when I was little, I played baseball till like sixth grade. So I'm not lying, but I was <laughs> not like a baseball diehard, but I was like, and we just launched a company called bat hats. And my final line was like, it wasn't like buy this. It was, I'd love to know what you think about our initial designs. We had mm -hmm. six. They were like three animals, two emojis or three emojis, like very basic things. But I was like, I'd love to hear about what you think about our designs. And we drove like our initial, I want to say $10,000 in sales would be people would click on that. They would either leave a positive or a negative comment for mm -hmm. like lots of people. Like I'm in 300 of these things. I was posting them every day. Like lots of people would be like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And then like someone would chip fire back like, no, I think it's really cute. My daughter would love that. And boom, I would DM that person and say, hey, thank you so much for the positive feedback. Here's a 25% off coupon. Nice. And it was just always, every day I would post nice. in more of them and ask them more questions. And yeah, we, we did like $10,000 year one from that. And then we had like retargeting ads set up. So like once they were hitting our site, even if they didn't buy the first time, they were we were following them around the internet. And I mean, now we're, we're like three, three and a half ish years in, and it's like the business is growing every year and nice. we're spending less on Facebook marketing than we ever have. Uh, but our sales are increasing. We're on Amazon and we're doing some things like that. And it all started from this like very like digital grassroots. I was, like that's not really a term, but it was like pounding the pavement in the DMS, mm -hmm. like literally like everyone who liked our post would get a DM from me. Everyone who commented something would get a coupon from me. And I would just go like, and I would cycle through. So it's like, if I had 300 groups that I was in, I would like go 
you know, 30 the first week, like, so 10 weeks later, I would have a new thing to post. Like, yeah. hey, we just, like, thank you for all the feedback. We updated our website like you asked for. Here it is. And, like, again, never selling, but just, like, putting it out there. And people loved it. Like, we still have some diehard fans from, like, those early days that, like, would were going to bat for, for me. Like, people really? were personally attacking me. Like, <laughs> you're a moron. Like, the game doesn't need this. Like, baseball traditionalists. Like, yeah. The game doesn't need bat hats. Just one more thing to get left in the dugout. And I was like, dude, who told you that this game couldn't be fun? Yeah. Like, it was crazy. But then the people would go to bat for me. And those ended up being, like, some of our biggest fans. They would send us, like, all the content from our website. Cre like, I've never taken a like a photo like to a ballpark. Mm -hmm. Like I've never gone to a ballpark to take photos or like done anything like that. Every photo on our website is sent to us from um, like UGC, like user generated content, mm -hmm. because like people are raving fans. Because we cool. never tried to sell them anything. Yeah, that that whole strategy of you like going out and DMing everyone, everyone that liked your post, like that that shows that you care and probably helped you a lot in building trust with a bunch of customers coming back and having that fan base, I guess. Um, yeah, and it's like, that's the part of entrepreneurship that like people like skip over. Like, especially when you start going on podcasts. Like, cause I feel like the only people who go on podcasts are those that have made it. My friend, I have not made it. Like I am, I am like the furthest, but I yeah. hope that like, I'm like two steps, let's say like be, I'll be concerned. Like I'm maybe two steps ahead of where you are. Like. I'm an idea and an execution away from where you are, right? Like that, I think I can like help bridge that gap and get people actually taking actions. Like my number one thing, I'll talk to entrepreneurs, I'll talk to like people with ideas all day long. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, have you, have you claimed the Instagram account? Have you bought a URL? URLs are like 12 bucks. Like a Gmail account is 12 bucks, whatever it is, yeah. you know? Like, and if people are like, ah, I'm not ready to build out an Instagram account, then I'm like, great. Then like, then we don't need to have a second conversation until you do something. Yeah. Like it, the access for entrepreneurship has never been easier. And it's like, everyone wants to go learn from like around Indianapolis, right? Like uh, exact target was like the biggest tech exit, like billions of dollars. Like the, the old Scott Dorsey was the old like founder CEO of exact target. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to get on his calendar, but that's who people want on their podcast. And it's like, what if you just went and talked to like, 20 people with side hustles of like actionable items. Like, Hey, how can I get my business from like zero to a thousand dollars? Yeah. <laughs> That's hard. It, like is it's hard. hard. it is hard to get someone to put their credit card information over the internet and pay you money for whatever you're selling. Yeah. Like you don't need to worry about getting to your like billion dollar exit. Like worry about making a thousand bucks. Yeah. Like, and when you I make totally your first agree. dollar from someone you don't know on the internet, it's like, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> it's addicting. Yeah. You're like, Oh boy, let's do that again. Yeah. So, with, so, um, Bad Hats is strictly e-commerce, correct? No, we have a few wholesale accounts that are okay. like into sporting goods stores. We're working with some, I say working with, like we've had, like it was a really cool moment when like Dick's reached out to us to pitch them. That's pretty uh, it cool. didn't, we didn't, we had too many SKUs. We have like nine different items mm -hmm. and it just wasn't a good fit at the time. I'm still like, Knocking on the door, like I want to. Obviously, I want to yeah. get. Who doesn't want to get into Dick Sporting Goods? Like, come yeah. on. Um, so, but it was like they came to us. Like I remember the DM, and I like called my co-founder Matt, and I was like, "Bro, you will never guess who <laughs> just reached out to me." And how I got there was, I went through, I went through Dick Sporting Goods LinkedIn, like literally used to their company page. Uh -huh. All the employees request request. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, "Hey, I want," and it was always, "I want to learn more about retail sporting goods. Want to learn more about retail sporting goods." 
And like a lot of them accepted it. And then it was like when I put out content, they would see it. They would see all my content about bat hats, about whatever I was doing. Yep. And like they sub, like basically subliminally like learned about me. Cause then when they would like it, it would share to their network of other dick sporting goods people. And then all of a sudden they were reaching out like, Hey, what is this product? It's pretty cool. That's so hopefully we can like amazing. land a deal there eventually. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. I'm trying to will it into existence. Maybe they'll see this. Yeah. It's crazy how, how powerful a network can be. It is absolutely astonishing to me. Dude, it is all about network. Like literally you could have the best idea, execution and connections. Those are like, the two greatest things like everything else you need will fall in line if you do shit mm -hmm. like if you just get stuff done like whatever the business is like go home make your instagram account buy a website put some copy up there like i i that's like one of the most fun parts to me like i'm currently like work at powder keg we're like a startup software company like three people it is a grind it's so mm -hmm. much but like i love like going home to work on I mean, like I'll work on powder cake stuff and then I'll work on like bad stuff. And it's just so fun to me. Yeah. Like, and like going from like building stuff that didn't exist before is really fun to me anyway. Like thinking of an idea and be like, oh man, that needs, or a campaign, like taking a campaign from like in your brain to like, what if there was this email that said this and got people to do this thing. And then on social media, you follow up and like, Mm -hmm. And then it ends with them like putting their credit card information and then giving you money for your product service. It's like next level. Yeah, I'm sure, man. I'm sure. How do you, so you mentioned that you enjoy, I guess, juggling both stuff with um, um, bad hats and just stuff that you're doing here with uh, powder keg. So how do you time manage everything? And how do you, I guess, find that balance? between? Um, it's an excellent question, dude. And I still, like, I don't do it well. Like I would not say like during the week I am like going from like, you know, I wake up at five. Like I'm going from five until like sometimes eight or nine o'clock, um, mm -hmm. sometimes later, you know, um, because I like see what the, like I don't even really like see what the future is, but I know that it's good. And I know that like right now at the time of my life, like, I don't have like a wife or kids or anything like that. And I'm like, dude, I like this. Like, it gives me a lot of energy. And the biggest, like, for time management purpose, like, startups suck. They are so hard and so frustrating and make you want to, like, bang your head against the wall. So, like, when I am, like, experiencing a sticky part with, like, powder keg, and I'm like, oh, I just, like, can't figure this out. I'll, like, go work on bad hats. Mm -hmm. And I'll just be like, build some momentum here. Like, oh, I get some easy wins. Yeah. Like, I get my morale back up. And then I'm like, okay, great. Now let's go tackle that thing that was, like, ticking me off. Or, like, vice versa, you know. It's like, there are going to be things that, like, just feel immovable. And you got to, like, give yourself a distance away from it. And then I like to, like, make progress on something else mm -hmm. to then come back, like, re-energized. Because I'm like, dude, if I have full energy and I'm, like, cooking on it, like, I can figure all this stuff out. Just, like. It has to be in the right headspace. Yeah, totally, man. Are you kind of random question, but are you um, in the real estate game at all? Like real estate investing? Yeah. Uh, so my college roommate and I own two houses here in Broad Ripple. Okay. Or here in Indianapolis in the Broad Ripple area. And then, so I bought my house right when I graduated. 
So I bought a house, rented out to all my fraternity, to a couple of my fraternity buddies who are also living in Indy. Mm-hmm. So I could, it's called like house hacking is what yeah. like the official term for it yeah. is, right? Uh, so I could start getting like, you know, like paying off equity in my house, not having to pay rent, all that fun stuff. Then rolled that money into another house. Then we rolled that money into a third or to another house that um, one of my good buddies and I started, or a kind of a company. It's, I mean, it's just like a real estate company. Yeah. Um, but it's been like, like I was... That's kind of like what I do. It's like if I'm interested in something, I just start doing it. Yeah. Like I, some people are very well researched. I actually had a conversation about this on at Run Club this morning, where this guy was like talking about like the shoes and like how long he researched like to buy his shoes, and I was like, that's weird. Like all not weird. That's not me. I just like <laughs> asked somebody else like, what's a good pair of running shoes? The first one they said, I was like, deal. I'll buy those. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm like action. Like let's give me the shoes. I'll put them on if I and I I haven't changed. Mm-hmm. It's like I'll adapt to whatever you tell me or whatever people tell me. I got so with real estate, it was like they like I literally like saw somebody tell me about like buying a house, renting it out, and then taking that money to buying another house. And I was like, great, I'm gonna do that. And then like a year later, I was like, great, we've done that. And then I heard somebody talk to me about like rolling equity from one house into another house. And I was like, great, let's do that too. Yeah. Um, like when I wanted to learn about e-commerce, I didn't research. E- I just like started an e-commerce company and totally failed. And like, that's just part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely like learn by doing it and like learn by putting your hand on the stove to learn that the stove is hot. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to do it too. I mean, I feel some like people, some people are really like my best friend, Andrew, he will research hours, hours and hours and hours on everything. Yeah. He will know like every minute detail and he will get so frustrated with me when I just like show up and I'm like, okay, what do we do? What's that? What do we do? And he's like, dude, just look it up. And I'm like, yeah. but you could just tell me, like you <laughs> could just tell me about it right now. Like I'll still call him all the time for just like random things. He's like very handy. And I'm like, how do you do this? And he's like, dude, just look it up. I'm like, but you could just tell me. Yeah. See, I, when I was younger, um, probably about like 18 to 20, when I started learning more and more about sales and entrepreneurship and stuff like that, I definitely was more of a researcher. Like I spent all my time learning about like sales, entrepreneurship, learning all these different things. And I did not use any of my energy to take action on any of them, which is Mm. like that, like, Sometimes I think being the researcher can kind of have a negative impact because if you're always like overthinking things, if you're always like looking for the next thing, you will not have time the to like actually get started. Or paralysis by analysis. Yeah. You've heard that? Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, there, I it's think real. there's like a good place in the middle. Like I'm probably too, like I probably don't research the stuff that I do enough. Um, but that's one of the fun parts that like keeps it interesting. It's like, I literally just like, like doing lots of things. And it's like, when I get bored or I get burnt out on one thing, I guess like, there's always more stuff to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Oh, when I want to do a house project, I go like do a house project. And when I want to do a software thing, I work on software and it's like, it keeps things fresh and energizing. And other times, like obviously it makes you want to pull your hair out, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. So what are, what are some skills that, People like me, younger, younger individuals who want to get into the either startup space or just start their own business um, and get into entrepreneurship. What are some skills that you think they should be developing right now to, I guess, help them with that process? Yeah, excellent question. Um, you like the networking, like building, building your community 
is what I call it. Like okay. I don't call it a network really, uh, but build your community before you need it. So like, don't be transactional. Like don't go meet with a founder or an investor and then be like, yeah, will you write me a check? Mm-hmm. Like just talk to them, like to ask them about their life, like learn about them and build those relationships. And then I guarantee when they find out that you're raising money for whatever, like if you have good relationships, good connections with them, like they, they'll say like, well, are you taking investment? That's, that's what happened with us with bad hats. Like I was asking questions to learn from this guy in private equity. And I was like, Hey, can you teach me about this? And like, I was asking questions and he was asking about my business. And then he ended up being like, are you taking investors? And then he wrote us like, you know, six figure check. Mm-hmm. And I never once said like, will you give us money? Like if those words like never came out, he was like, this is what we want. Like, how much do you need? And I just set a number for like what percent of the company we we're going to give up. And he was like, All right, I'll talk to the team. And yeah. then, we got money later on. Like it was sweet. Yeah. Um, so like definitely like building a community is super important. I agree. An under, an underrated skill that, um, to make money on the internet is writing and not writing like your third grade teacher, like taught you like paragraph and all the grammatical stuff, like writing, like copywriting Copywriting, to like make them feel emotion. And I'm, I am getting better at that. Um, it takes a lot of practice and it's very hard. Like I have a couple of friends who are incredible writers. Like I would buy anything they were selling on the internet mm-hmm. uh, because they write just so well and like induce so much emotion that I'm like, take my money. Like Sam Parr from The Hustle, he writes so well. Like I, he literally has a course about, he has a course about copywriting that he sells and like the copy that you read to like buy it, it's like, oh man, like I need this. Like if I yeah. don't, if I don't buy this, I'm an idiot. Um, and the final skill um, that I think anyone who wants to get into entrepreneurship is just like, which is, it's like kind of hard to teach. Um, but it's like the, like the grit resilience, like you just got to have some thick skin. Yeah. And I think the best way to like teach that or like learn that is just like by doing hard things. Like even if it's like sports or competition, what debate, like waking up early, like a challenge. Like if anyone comes, like an eating challenge, I'll do any challenge. <laughs> if someone comes to me with any any challenge, for the most part, unless it's like crazy or messed up, like I'm like, okay, cool, I'll try it. I'll at least try it. Like, yeah. uh, like 30 day X Y Z challenge, totally in. Like, oh, I could do that. If if someone in the world can do it, I can give it a shot. And I think by like doing hard things, you develop this like resilience and this grittiness that is like it's like a non-negotiable for entrepreneurship. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think that consistency plus time equals results. And without that consistency part, it kind of makes things, I don't know, it kind of just pauses things. And Mm -hmm. um, because if you are consistent for like a week straight, you will like, or let's say like a month straight, you are going to see those results and you're going to see a change. But if you're doing it like once or twice, like every other like day or week, like you lose that consistency and you just like keep starting back at zero and mm-hmm. it's no like exponential growth or anything like that. Hey Amen. Dude, you're so right. And the easiest like and comparison I, is fitness, right? Yeah, totally. Like fitness is like with the, but it's the same thing with your business. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's like, we can see, especially like with the fact that we don't work on bat hats like full time. It's like, but we can see when we put effort, like if we'd stack some days in a row of like working on it, it's like, oh dude, we can, we can move this thing like forward. We can see growth, but it's just like life gets in the way and you're just like, oh man, but it's like, oh, it's okay. It's like, 
you don't have to grow all the time, but just like don't shrink. Yeah. And that's kind of like the mindset that we're in. It's like, it doesn't always have to be a grow, 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 grow. It's like, there's a bit of like, take a couple steps and then like, don't shrink and take a couple steps and don't shrink. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, those are all the questions I have for you today, man. And I just want to thank you so much for bringing me in here, having me of on course. the podcast and just taking time. Dude, you're a great conversationalist, a great conversationalist. Thank you. I'm, I'm working on, I'm not, I'm not perfect at all, but, um, Dude, I'm just gotta get it. the, what is it? Time plus consistency equals results. Yeah. So there you go. Just keep going. Take more yeah. at bats. Yeah. Appreciate sure. it, brother. Of course, man.